0: today. Heaven's in this place today. Mim, God's going to work. Jacob, God's going to work for you. Not because he's your bellboy or you and I have earned it, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's going to start working where you couldn't do it no more. Because you chose to just be vulnerable for God and let God have His way. I told you there's a shift in Pentecost. And there's economical Pentecost now and there's apostolic Pentecost. I want apostolic Pentecost. I don't want to just come to church and just fill a slot. But I want to see transformation in the lives of God's people at whatever the cost. And that's what's in our midst here tonight. Sunday school, you're dismissed. Thank you, singers, musicians, Brother Crowder. Aren't you thankful Brother Crowder's with us this morning and tonight? I'm so thankful for the anointing that is on his life that God would allow him to come and be with us that God would connect and cause our paths to cross I didn't know him before the last time he came this is his second time and I know from the first time what God did I just believe that men carry a special anointing that's unique for special times and certain congregations. And I believe that this is one of those moments that there's an anointing on this man, not just in ministry of song, but there's a ministry and an anointing on him in the Word as he expounds upon it and exhorts us to Reach for more. Folks, this is where this thing's going in this end time. And we might as well just get it out of our brain while I'm doing everything I can. There's always more to do. And until Jesus comes, that's going to be par for the course. There's always going to be more. There's more in prayer. There's more in our church services. There's more in our departments. There's more in our community. There's more in our region. There's more in our state. There's more in North America. There's more that God wants to do in this globe. There's always more. The battle we face is a satisfied church. The Graham did a beautiful job Friday night expounding on hunger. And one of the statements he made, I'm fixing to read my text. One of the statements he made, he was in a Sheaves for Christ, back when we called it Sheaves for Christ, now it's mission moving or something. And he said, I was in that meeting about to find my place on the platform or before service. And they said, we've got a seat for you and your name's on it. And somehow he managed to go up there before and saw where his seat was looked to the left and the right and saw that on the one side was brother james kilgore and on the other side was brother Foss, two pillars and elders back years ago he felt so minuscule and how brother Foss gets up and preaches the message everybody's on their face praying and repenting and conviction and just like only those elders could do in those days I'm not saying it doesn't happen now but there was just something unique he said I went to Brother Foss afterwards and I asked Brother Foss what is it that's different between your generation and mine Brother Foss said oh that's real simple he said my generation seeks the presence of God your generation seeks the presence of God Brother Graham looked back and goes, what's, what's, what's going on here with this word? You use the same word to define the two. And I guess, Brother Foss, I, I, again, I'm hard of hearing and I'm trying to hear everything in accuracy as Brother Graham said it, but I remember he said it like this. Brother Foss saw his face and began to explain. He said, our generation seeks the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C, His presence your generation seeks the presence things tangible and we're at a place that the reason brother Bushnell we fight a satisfied church is we're all about what God's going to give me instead of what God is and brother Fontenot brother Bushnell brother Smith the battle we face Brother Wade is trying to shift this in an urgent hour. Please don't be satisfied. And it's a sad day that a preacher would come to a pulpit and say, I'm begging you, please don't be satisfied, but hunger more for God we're in the end time and Jesus is coming back soon. And whatever you got to do to shake yourself and change your taste buds, you and I better change our diet and say I need more of God and less of that. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. 18 and 1 Have for me Sister Tanya Ecclesiastes 8 And I don't know 11 and 12 And then we're going to maybe read John If I get to it 18 verse 32 If we get there Verse 1 of Luke 18 And he spake a parable Unto them To this end That men ought to always To pray And not to faint. word faint there means not to give in. Lose heart. Watch this one. Behave badly. When God don't answer your prayer, my prayer, we act crazy. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, There was a widow in that city. She came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. He would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary Me, Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and now he explains it. And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And I want to preach from this thought. What position do you hold? What position do you hold? Lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you today for your word. Thank you for the privilege to minister that word before all of your people, to your people, to me You spoke to me, God. And I'm asking you together, take us and bring us to heavenly places in your word. But challenge us, God. Let us not think we're wrong when we're right. And let us not think we're right when we're wrong. But direct us by your word, I pray in the name of Jesus. God bless you and you may be seated. This story I know has... Strong implications and foundational uh, biblical truth of the coming of the Lord. And I understand that. And he is at the conclusion of it, rallying them together, saying that there's coming a day this is going to end. But I want to preach this today from a, from a different timeline, not a different truth. Truth different timeline i want to preach it as a present now making myself ready for what's about to come notice that at the very ending of this lesson and if you will sister tanya find me verse two of that chapter and leave it there for a moment he closes it out by saying that the son of man cometh shall He find faith on this earth. Shall he find faith when he goes on a quest? Now, right now I know I'm preaching to seasoned Bible Pentecostals. I understand that we all have our own definition of where our faith is. I know that if I asked for an affirming today, there would be many say, I believe Got to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. I believe that there's only one God and that you and I have got to be separated from the world and live unto that God. There's that element of faith. But he's speaking here of a different dimension of faith. That's a faith that says when God doesn't respond in a timely fashion, can I still hold and believe that God knows who I am? And he starts his whole dissertation with, in verse 2, there's a judge. There's a reason he starts it. His conclusion is faith. Will God find faith? And he's equating faith with an action. That's why anybody that would ever come to you and tell you, faith that is not demonstrated is not faith. Faith that is not in action is not faith. James said this in the very beginning of his writing. He said, to him that hear and doeth not is sin. James is trying to paint a very clear picture for you and I. That if I have true faith, that faith is going to be acted upon. Let me start from the beginning of this message. That's why I praise God. Anybody that can't praise God, their faith is not in place. They're in a wrong position. visitors I understand you don't understand a lot of this stuff and I'm not diminishing or minimizing or insulting your intelligence on the word of God but there's things about God that you grow the more you get in his word and I know a lot of people they think they have an understanding of God But yet the only way that you can really measure that is based upon what God has shown you yesterday, today, and what He's going to show you in your tomorrows. You take the measuring stick of His Word and based on what He's shown you and revealed, you look into it like a mirror and say, God, I need just a little bit more. I know there's more there and I don't have, that's the satisfying of a Pentecostal church. I cannot be satisfied that I have all that I need. But every time I come to the house of God, I've got to show Him by faith. That's why I lift my hands. why I lift my voice. That's why I give him a demonstration. And he says it from the I'm giving you the end to the beginning because I want you to stay with me the journey. Action tells about my faith. That's why, Brother Bushnell, you being on the campgrounds and a presbyter, you you men have discussed it so much, probably, I don't know. But a preacher that can't praise God is a preacher I don't want to listen to. Ho, 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 ho. A preacher that can't praise God don't need a mic. I wouldn't listen to nothing they got to say if they can't praise God. We got people wanting to come into the house of God. Visitors that don't know anything about God. But the way they're going to see God. He said without holiness no man shall see the Lord. When you and I begin to reflect the throne of God by our holiness. By us. Not by our standards. That's one thing. He's talking about our holiness. About God shining through us. God shining out of us. Every time I lift my hands. It's like me going through the throne of God and begin to praise him. The light of God shines on you and out of you and through you. That people in that church begin to see God. Like they've never seen it before. What are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. They know you're going through a valley. But when you lift your hands. Regardless of the valley. It does something to a visitor. I'm crazy ain't I sister Mark and I just see it so different. According to the scripture. And he starts with this woman. Sister Becky. He really started before. He said, I'm going to tell you a parable. See, here's the whole God's looking for something. Now, for the visitors that maybe have never heard this, you saints of God have heard it. God don't ever go looking for something He don't find. If you ever read anywhere in Scripture where it says God's looking for something, don't think God's got a bunch of basset hounds with some sad eyes trying to figure out where you are. God ain't worried about finding what he's trying to show us through scripture. Go back to Adam. In the very beginning. Adam where are you? You think God had to break out a GPS in Syria and say locate Adam? God didn't need Apple and location Noah's sharing. And try to figure out whether he had his phone. And you could find out where he is. Oh I'm meddling right now with some of you right now. I didn't need none of that. God knew exactly where Adam was. But he had to get Adam to see where he really was. Where are you, Adam? I'm covering myself in fig leaves. I'm covering myself with what I think I got a hold of. You know what, Brother Keith, sometimes... It would be so easy for some to just say, "I don't know what I'm doing." said to April for Joe? It'd just be easy for just to say, "I don't know. I don't have the answer." You know, has has anybody there other than maybe this preacher say, "I woke up some morning saying, I don't know if I'm saved." Oh, now there's that little self-righteous thing. Bless God, every morning I wake up, I know I'm saved. Because God speaks to me in the King James Version Thou art thou son I do brother Bush you know, There's been mornings I woke up God am I saved God am I really saved Or am I believing I'm right when I'm wrong And I'm going to flip that coin God don't let me believe I'm wrong When I'm right That's condemnation God help me to see He said here's the picture I'm going to paint For if that's ever you That you wake up some mornings And you're well God are you really in my world Are you really working For my helping my family Are you really touching little Johnny and Bobby that are so Bound by addictions and sins Are they really working He says I'm going to give you a parable I'm going to give you a earthly story to declare to you a heavenly, eternal truth. He goes, and there was in a city a judge. Now, you remember, this is all about prayer. You read the first verses or the last verses of the previous chapter. If you want to go there, you can. The very last verse of chapter 17 says it like this. Where the eagles find it for me, sister. Tanya, the last verse of the previous, uh, previous chapter. He said, the eagles talking about prayer he goes on and uh, knock and it shall be open in all of chapter 17 and then he comes to the close and they're asking him god how do we pray how not not the question of our father but how do we connect in an eternal sense like you're trying to say and he here it is he said unto them or they said where lord and he said unto them whosoever the body is the where the eagles the word eagles there means vultures And here's the translation for that. He said wherever the body is, there's a rotten corpse. And vultures are going to always be swirling over something that's dead. And the putrid from the decaying body causes something in the atmosphere to be foul and of a stench. Let's go to the Old Testament. David said, Let my prayer be as a sweet smell and an incense unto you. What was he trying to tell those disciples? Whatever it takes, don't you die in your trouble. Whatever it takes, don't let your faith die in the trouble because it's going to cause a putrid smell in the atmosphere. Don't you let those promises die. Don't you let those dreams die. It's going to affect your family. it'll affect because you see whatever you let die that old body that flesh whatever you and I don't put on an altar and let God crucify consume you say man you're talking like Walt Disney fairy tale stuff the vultures gather together where the smell drew their attention of decomposition and flesh that was never surrendered to God. So the ending of this, he now picks up in chapter 18 and says, let me tell you a story of how to deal with your flesh. Let me tell you a story, a parable, about a little lady. Here it starts. She came to a judge Remember I said God don't let me believe I'm wrong When I'm right Folks, this is what this thing is all about. I'm not just trying to preach you a sermon. I want you to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. I've got to have a heart that's pleasing unto Him. And God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I want to do. Don't let me think I'm wrong when really I'm right. But don't let me think I'm right when I'm displeasing and wrong before you. God, I need a heart today. He's saying there's a little lady and she came before a judge. A judge does what? He issues a verdict, yeah. But what's another thing a judge does? He listens. And determines truth, motives, and heart. And he's saying, there's a woman. What prayers have not been answered? Because we've come to the judge and asked God to answer it. And God's saying, your motives are not right. Your agenda's not right. You're... He's looking at my motive. I look at it like this, Brother Bush. I take my head, put it on the block since somebody thinks I'm picking on somebody. What's my motive for preaching? I've said many times, Lord, in the past... You know, we're a little far into this now. It'd be a little hard to kind of put it in reverse, huh? <laughs> but I said it in the beginning, God, if you want me to go do something else, I'll do whatever you want. <sighs> whatever you want. My motive is not to preach a general conference. My motive is not to preach a camp meeting. My motive is not even to preach and tell somebody something. My motive is one thing. I want to see the things of God for people in this earth, no matter what it may be. And if somebody sees me picking up a trash can and taking out the trash, God let it send a resounding message. There's joy in serving God. There's joy in doing things for God. I don't need a mic to tell somebody that. I can do it by that. That's why I go back to it. Everything you and I do, let it show the world I'm excited about living for God. I praise him not because I have to, but because I get to. I'm for his presence, not his gifts. But we're for the gifts. These gifts are going to destroy many, Brother Bushnell. It already has. They're so punch drunk on power, they can't even see it. And they go to God and ask God to heal their family and heal their kid and heal this and heal that. And God's judging their motives, saying, No, I'm not going to do it because you know what you're going to do? You're going to lay claim to it that it was your gifting that did it. I'm on something right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to people about your heart and my heart I woke up yesterday morning I did it again early this morning I said God let my heart be right let my motive be right let my agenda be right let everything I do be right with you now I'm not gauging about what people think I'm gauging about what you think I want my thoughts to be pleasing unto you I want the motive of my heart to be pleasing unto you I'm not in this for a claim and notoriety and money I mean it to please God at whatever the cost and if that's cleaning a bathroom picking up a Trash can, sweet whatever. He said, You're praying things that your motives aren't right. And because those motives are not pure, God's delaying the miracle. He's delaying what needs to happen. Then this widow. It says she, "There was another lady. you got the judge, and then you got the woman. She came to him, and here's what she said: "Avenge me of my adversary." She's saying, "I got a problem with something that's telling me this ain't never going to change." And right now, people under the sound of my voice, your biggest battle and struggle is hearing that avenger say, this will never change. You'll never get the peace of God back. You'll never get the hope of God back. You'll never get that joy back in your spirit. She's saying, this avenger has oppressed me. This avenger has weighed so heavy Go read the translation for Avenger. He has opposed me with such a fervency that I can't take no more. He's opposed my mind. He's opposed my emotions. He's opposed my very thinking, which really goes back to one source. My faith in God. He's opposed whether God really knows where I am. He's opposed whether God really can. He, well God just ain't going to do that for me. And she comes saying. You got to avenge me of this opposition. This oppression that settles on me. There's a difference between obsession. Opposition or oppression and Possession. Things that go unchecked, that's obsession. Things that hit you out of nowhere, thoughts that hit your mind, and they take root in your mind. You become now obsessed with the problem or this or that. I'm obsessed. I know people like that in courting relationships. They're obsessed with somebody. They may be ugly as a five-generation mutt. Hello, somebody. Come on. Don't look at me like a paying You know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Sister, can't help me out. Tell these people I'm not crazy. (laughs) Don't nudge your wife. (laughs) It don't matter how ugly they are. You're obsessed. That dark gun hit you and it ain't Cupid. Obsessed with it. It ain't just that. It's Kids. Find friends, they're obsessed. Now, watch me, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm fixing to come right down and unbuckle your seatbelt, let it get turbulent. It started with a thought that you never got checked, and you kept going to God saying, God, I need you to fix this. And God keep going, Your motive ain't right, your motive ain't right, your motive ain't right. I don't want to fix this, I want to heal you. I want to deliver something in your heart that you don't even know is there. You're thinking right, wrong, wrong, right. And you're so confused and mixed up in your thinking. That's why anybody ever tell you prayer ain't good. You tell them they done lost their mind. Prayer is the best thing you and I could ever do. When you go with an honest heart before him and say, God, I need you to help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Some of us have got, us, got it so tightly knit and, think, and thinking everybody thinks we got it together. And then we wonder when God drops a nuclear bomb on our life and family that just shell shocks a community or a church family. You may tell you what that's a pretty good sign of? One of two things. I've said it. Either God testing you or allowed you to be with trouble. Not testing. God don't test nobody. But he steps back and lets you see how you're going to handle it. Or number two, you think you got it all together. And God says, let me show you really how much you ain't in control. An obsession is when that thought hits. You'll see it in young people. You'll see it with people on a, on a quest for finances. They're obsessed with making money. I can name five people right now. They're intoxicated with it. That's all they think about. I got to make more money. I got to make more money. I got to do it. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. They're obsessed with something. And really it was the enemy that allowed a dart to hit them. And it began to grow, a fiery dart began to grow in them. And if we're not careful, what's an obsession will become oppression. And then they come to God then, after it's all done, and they're doing all this stuff, and they're done head first into it, and they come back and go, I'm so tormented. Oh, come on, let me get three amens, or I'm going to come down and say, hey, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm so tormented. My mind is so tormented. I'm tormented in my spirit. I, I'm so upset. I'm so frustrated. My mind can't get no rest. You're, you're now under a spirit of oppression. So far so good, Brother Jacob. we can get a correct behavior, we'll be all right. And the third one, possession. If you don't get a hold of that thing that has caught your attention by obsession, it's going to turn to an oppressive spirit, and then in turn it's going to talk to it's going to turn to possession, and then you're going to be begging a preacher or some man of God to lay hands and cast the devil out of somebody. I can, that's free. I ain't going to charge nobody nothing for that because it didn't even go with my nose, but it just fit good. But I struggle. Is knowing why God don't do She said I need you to break this thing Next verse And he would not Now let me explain something to you The next few verses Is fixing to get really negative negative. And here's why Not by me, the word Here's why When you read these next verses Here's what I need you to do when you read it God, like he does so well he uses the, the polar opposite of what he really is. Okay? So he's going to paint a negative picture. He said, and he would not for a while, this judge, he would not answer her. And he said, he didn't fear man and he didn't fear God. There's a component in this world. This is why I said this flips over into end time prophecy and the coming of the Lord. He's saying there's going to be a spirit in this late hour that's not going to care about God and they're not going to care about man. They're not going to care about the church. They're not going to care about the people and they're going to blame it on the church hurt me, people hurt me and all this stuff. And all along it's going to eventually graduate to a mindset of a conscience being seared, that they won't even hear truth. They'll hear a preacher and they'll hear him, and here's what'll start happening. And it's, and it's already happened before, even while I've been here, the preacher will get on your nerves. But you hear me. If it's the Word of God, find somebody that's preaching the Word of God and make sure it's the truth of God and it's not being palatable to your own liking. He said, didn't fear another man. Next verse. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming. He's saying, this lady is wearing me out. This is not a scriptural parable trying to tell you and I to go to God repetitively and begging Him to give us what we want. Maybe he'll say uncle and give you what you want. That's not what this scripture is talking about. What this scripture is talking about is a young or a woman, a widow. She has no husband. She has any nobody and she's by herself and she's come under such oppression of the enemy that she don't know if she's going to make it another day, another week, another month. And she's come to this man that is an unjust judge and unfair. And what God is trying to paint for you and I a picture is when I come before God, he is not unjust, but he's just. And when I come before him, I don't have to come with begging and pleading and saying, God, I need to negotiate with you what needs to happen. But I come to him as the judge that knows everything from the beginning and the end. And I put my trust in him, but I do it fervently. See, everybody's got an opportunity Everybody's got an option Go Sister Tanya To John I don't remember I think it was 18 maybe I don't remember I told you in the beginning I don't remember maybe John 18 I go look at my Bible I think I know verse 32 And here's what Happened Jesus is standing Before Pilate and here's where many of us are It's kind of like the woman We're standing in a place of prayer Asking God help us Jesus came before him thus, that the sayings of Jesus might be fulfilled spake, signifying what dead should die. Next verse. Then Pilate entered the judgment hall again. Watch the when Pilate comes a second time. He walks into there and Jesus said, or Pilate responding to Jesus, Art thou king of the Jews? Pilate steps in and says, Is this it? Are you him? Watch Jesus' response. Did you come up on this your own? Or are you listening to what other people say? Are you, are you drawn by true hunger for the things of God? Or are you just here because of what people think about you and what people want to? I'm gonna flip it on Indian Village right now. What people don't come because they're afraid of what people's gonna think of them when they sit on the pew. We need to defy whatever it is that's in their mind by showing them when they walk in the back door, we're the happiest church ever that they would walk in the back door. Yeah. He said, is this, did you come to this on your own? And here's where it's going to come to divide. Go read the previous. Uh, it was with John. The verse I read earlier. It was talking about separation and prayer. Do I do this because I love him, or do I do this because my family's making me? Do I do this because I'm afraid of what will happen in a community, a city, or or do I do this? somewhere in all of this I gotta live for God regardless of what anybody and I'm not negating people that have been hurt people that have been mistreated people that have been done wrong by people in the church preachers included all the above but you know what let's all get a number because we all been there I've been hurt by all the same just as much as I've been hurt by a preacher I've been hurt by a saint of God but you know what you can't ever take my faith I'm gonna keep the position that God started me in and I'm gonna finish it when he comes to me at the end and says well done thou good and faithful servant you've been faithful over a few things i gave you a grain of a mustard seed of faith and you grew it into something more i'm closing musicians y'all get ready he said pilot what you gonna do next verse real fast and we're gonna go back to my pilot answer said am i Jew that i want the chief priest delivered deliver thee under the next verse Jesus answered, my kingdom's not of this world. And if it was my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? That right there is scripture that the church never gets in fights. If there's a church fight within somebody or families are fighting amongst each other, let me help somebody real quick. You ain't going to like this, but you're fighting for your kingdom. Anytime a family fights against a family or some, you're fighting over a kingdom within yourself. That scripture breeds creed. This ain't about my kingdom. This is about his kingdom. I'm not saying we can't disagree. I'm not saying we can't get a little heated. The Bible says be angry and sin not. We're going to have bad days and we're going to have confrontations. But at the end of the day, this is about his kingdom. This is about the will of God. This is about the church of God. This is about seeing God fill people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've got to hold that position of faith. Go back to my original text i 'm closing with the little woman, verse three or four of Luke eighteen or seventeen This little lady comes, she sees this unjust judge, and finally he says, "Next verse he says, "I need to do something about it next verse, yet yeah, because this widow troubleth me, I avenge her lest her come and she weary me next verse, and the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said if God who is just? God's who fair? We here's the thing: man is never fair. Micah, listen. I've been in business. Me and my dad been in business for ourselves. Oh my Lord, dad, me and you could have wrote a book. That old dude that wrote that book who stole my cheese, I could write who stole our mobile homes and tires and our money. <laughs> me and you could write a book about it, huh? About things that came in. And if we'd have let people that supposing supposed to be religious and godly. How many times? And I'm going to paint it from the opposite coin. Me and him's lost. Mike, hear me, sissy. Me and him's lost. We lost as a goose. I ain't going to say who the goose was. But we were lost as a goose. And we'd sit in that back office, sissy, Mike. And old Archie. Oh, I loved oh. Mr. Archie, he made me my first four-wheel drive pickup truck. Big old Ford F-150, 1973, or 5 what, Daddy? Big old wheels mud truck. I mean, that thing, the Belial was that high. Green old thing. Had a lot of friends come through that office. Archie was not the one that did what I'm about to refer to, but there were others. We'd sit back there, Brother Wishnell, and me and my dad, after we just got a chewing out by a good old Pentecostal. Oh, my mind's having flashbacks brother Mike that's why the Bible says don't bring up the past it wasn't just that it'd be a good old Baptist it don't matter people portraying religion well here's what we had to learn we had a lesson we had to learn people are human and just because they paint themselves as right And they got a tongue as long as Texas. Doesn't mean I got to forfeit my faith in God. Because of what somebody did. And get the picture. We're lost, Mike. Now, I'm going to say this. God gave us a lesson. And we pulled through, Pop. I think we did. But now, what about that one that did it? so how many times has God put us in situations I'm going to do flip the sides of the coins here I'm trying to close want it be we say something that would have hurt some sinner or let's flip the sides of the coin of that and we don't say nothing we just don't live with joy in living for God why would they want what we got when we look like a basset hound with extra long ears Sad, depressed. God is good. Even on our best day, our worst day, He's still good. And this woman never gave up. And the unjust, now let's say, and God who is just. Next verse. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night, though beareth long with him? You know what the word beareth long means? This is the summation of the whole scripture. You know why, why God or that judge didn't, not particularly him, but why God don't answer the prayer? He said this last part, though he bear long. Here's what it means. It's Ecclesiastes 8 and, chapter, and verse 11. He's saying, there is an element of God that is long suffering and patient for those that are not doing right. Because sentence against the evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men, that's us, setting them to do evil. Let me give it to you the translation. Because God don't deal with the wrong, you and I throw caution to the wind and say, I guess I'm just gonna go ahead and sin. Now go back to my original about faint. Can you go fast, sister Tanya? Go back to verse two. That you and I, are verse 1 where it talks about faint, behave badly. When God don't answer the prayer in a timely fashion, I start acting up. Let me tell you what a lot of the trouble is in families. God don't answer the prayer that we want and we get impatient and we start acting up and then we start getting mean one against one another we start talking ugly to one another we start berating one another we start belittling one another in our families I tell you we're about families strong families build strong churches and when I don't get what God wants me to do or I don't get him to do what I want him to do I begin to behave so the very beginning he says that men ought to pray don't behave misappropriately when God don't answer the prayer Go to the end, Sister Tanya Or the, wherever that, where, where we were Stand with me, I'm through Go to Luke Oh, no, my text I think it's 17 Where he says he finds faith And the Lord said, hear what the unjust said Verse 7, chapter 18 of Luke Shall not God avenge his own elect? What God wants us to see from this scripture is God's working for us. Though you cry every day, you ask God for help and reprieve and strength. I'm preaching to some of you today. You're on the top of the mountain. That's good. Stay there as long as you can. There will eventually be a day you'll be walking in the valley again. Because it's going to come. It's part of life. But if we can learn this principle right here. God will avenge his elect which cry every day and night. Though he bear long. Remember, God is waiting on somebody else that he's working. Before he can fulfill what you want. What is it that you're asking God for and God just is silent? Here's what I'm telling you. God's working in some sinner's life or some backslider's life some kid or some family or some community that you and I can't see I've asked God, God why can't we fill this building up today? and you know what he says back? I'm bearing long with them right now this is a component about God that sometimes we don't understand because if they come to God and it's out of time God bears witness to them in judgment sometimes a person an individual a church is there to bear witness of some things next verse and i close i tell you he will avenge them speedily when god says it's time you ain't got to worry about god showing up quickly god will move it's almost like a contradiction you got this woman begging this guy beating the door vehemently and then you got on the end of it him saying god moves speedily it's almost like a contradiction no it's not here's what god's trying to say when my timing is right and your motives are pure ain't one devil there ain't one thing in man there's nothing that can stop God moving for you and in your situation and he closes it out when he says will I have anybody that can stand the test of your prayer not being answered like you think but hanging on and knowing God's got my best interest at heart you see it lift your hands right now if you see it God's got your best interest at heart God's got your best interest at heart. God knows what's best for you. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Just surrender it to Him. God's checking the heart, the mind, the spirit. God wants to help you today. God's not as far as you think He is from you. You've been faithful in your prayer. You've been faithful in approaching Him. Come on, step out of that pew. Let's all come to the front today as a family. Come on, let God have His way. Come on, keep your mind on Him just for a moment right now. Keep your mind on Him just for a moment. The Word of God is trying to increase faith in somebody today. Faith coming by hearing and hearing of the word of God. The word of God went forth today. He said, Come on, you gotta have faith like you ought. Every man's dealt a measure of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to see God. You got faith right now. Lift that faith to Him right now. God, I trust you when I can't see it unfolding right. God, I trust you when I can't see my family doing what I know they need to do. God, I trust you today. When it seemed like everything's falling apart. I'm not gonna misappropriate. I'm not gonna change. I'm gonna stay faithful and hold my position with you. Come on, just close your eyes, tilt your head back. Come on, don't look around, don't get preoccupied. God's trying to lift somebody in their faith this morning. Through the word of God, not fancy preacher, not a fancy preacher. God's trying to lift you up by his word. You're not in this alone. You're not fighting this by yourself. But God has saw your faithful, relentless, fervent prayer before Him.